From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Don't say that on the air. What? <laughs> Hour number two, the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Jonathan uh, Slick, our newest producer, young man who uh, spent a lot of time in radio here in the Tampa Bay area. A very knowledgeable young man. And he's uh, in the National Guard, so still we already feel his, safer. So serving his country as well as uh, drinks. Uh, what's your day job? What do you do? You're a stripper? What is it? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm over at Big and Wild's uh, strip show that they have for you. <laughs> every, every Thursday at 10 a.m. Why? Why? <laughs> what? It's a, it's a streaking club that we have back here in the woods by the radio station. Uh, it's all I the thought, sheep you can find. You've never been I there? I thought that was a private thing. Oh, well. Oh, we to, weren't supposed to tell about that? You, uh, have to, you have to pay to be in the club, so yeah, it's pretty hush-hush. It's one of those things where... Diego, he didn't leave that in the notes. I have all the uh, notes here. That's that's not it. I'll, I'll make sure to add that. Mainly because he's never been invited. So it's all <laughs> there. Uh, listen, uh, welcome in. Shriner's also hanging out with us this morning. Bill George is out playing around out in the woods today. So we let the, let the little boy uh, go do his thing. He's been doing a lot of gator hunting and working his butt off. So it's all good. But uh, I wanted to get kind of into it this, this hour. Don't forget a lot yeah, of it things. it is me and you here. It is, and <laughs> even though that we know uh, deer season has started already uh, down south and stuff, there's going to be this is that time of year where things starting start central this week or this not this this month, excuse me. Yeah, and it starts to ramp up. September is that month where uh, dove season starts at the end of the month, so oh, everybody's going to be. Oh, do I have you some dove spots? Yeah, so dove season starts on the the 25th of this month, goes all the way to October 17th in the first phase. Um, November 13th through the 5th on the second phase, and then December 19th through January 31st on the third and final phase. Uh, hasn't changed on the bag limit, 15. Uh, possession limit is 45. And uh, the one that a lot of people were coming in and getting loads for, they were getting ready for teal season, which is on September 18th. September 18th through the 22nd, that's the teal and wood ducks, the early teal season. And then you have another one that fires up uh, that's teal only on the 23rd going through the 26th and then November 20th through the 28th. You you want me to run down the archery season real quick for everybody? Yeah, but I'm just saying that September is that month where there's a million things to do. I mean, it also – Zone C, folks. Zone C is September the 18th. Yep. Starts the same time as TLC. That's what I'm saying. It's all, and then you got next weekend. The weekend after that is is dove season. So it's but it's well. Crazy. And the th- the funny thing about it is, and this is the one disclaimer we always used to give everybody at the shop. So Zone C starts September the 18th. Zone B is October the 16th, and then of course where we're at, North Florida, is October the 23rd. So. Just a FYI for all the folks out there. That's what happens when you live in a state as as long as Florida. I always like the old way. I always I know that they did it because of the rut and everything else and all that other stuff, making the DMUs. But when it was just South Central Northern zones, it was a lot easier. 
when it was broken up into just three big pieces. Yes. It was uh, so much easier. But uh, anyway, dove season's right around the corner. I'm going to go ahead and make it a suggestion. If you find dove loads in your local um, shopping area, if you happen to be in your gun shop or uh, farm implement store or anything else like that, and you see seven and a halfs or eights, or if you're one of those people who like to shoot nines, I don't know why, because it just fills them up with like a million pellets. <laughs> That's all you're going to hear at the dinner table. Um, <laughs> buy them while you have the chance. Buy them while you have the opportunity. Uh, shotgun ammo is, is still pretty tough to get, especially in bulk. It seems to be not as readily available. And I will say the same thing when it comes to uh, rifle ammunition for your particular uh gauge of whatever it is that you like to shoot if you're happen to be hooky duking through there skip mcdonald's the next day and buy yourself a box of 270s or 30-06 or whatever it is that you do if you see it buy it if you see it don't procrastinate don't oh, go, i just ah, well, made a major purchase for my reloader this week well it's a good thing because uh, and and it's funny because one of the purchases i made was some uh 300 wind mag ammo so i might be able to lord something over bill george here <laughs> five dollars around in the very near future five dollars around and it's all yours i'm just saying that uh you can find it online and places like that but it's so man oh my gosh it's so expensive you know 300 blackout do you have plenty of that no <laughs> Well, that's a, that's I'll a, be perfectly no. You know, that's a horrible question to ask somebody because you can never say yes. I have enough ammo because I mean, and for most I can't people, literally. I'm how not many rounds lying do you to think you. you I cannot find. I, I've bought, like I told you the other day, I bought Target ammunition just to have the casings so that I can shoot it, and at least we'll have the casings. So hopefully, God forbid. Whenever we get a chance to get the primers and all the other stuff back, then I'll at least have shell casings to get what do you, what, reloaded. What uh, do you remember? What you paid for your for a box of your? Oh, I did exactly what you said. Well, the, I did exactly what you said with the target ammo. We went to uh, me and pops had to make a run to I think Bass Pro or somewhere looking for something, and. We walked in there, and of course, as everybody else does, we walked to the concession first. And when I walked back there, the guy said, "Oh yeah, well this stuff, the stuff we have that we're we're uh, rationing is all stacked behind the counter. This other stuff is game on. You can mm-hmm. buy as many boxes as you want to." Well, they had four boxes of the uh, Target ammunition for three hundred blackouts. So needless to say, we bought. All four boxes. But how much were they? How much were they a box? Oh, they were only like 26, 24, 26 a box. The cheapest I could find online, and we're talking about no name yeah. brand type stuff, was around 29, yeah. 29 bucks, almost 30 rounds. And that's exactly for, why for we bought rounds. the four boxes of this that we bought. So, uh, you know, if you can find it, uh, I mean, there's still a run on the Russian made stuff. Everybody's still uh, snapping that stuff up pretty quick, uh, trying to find even. Uh, 762 by 39 and anything else that's made over in Russia, 223s and all that other stuff, 9 millimeter, any of that is 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 going up in price. So I hate to, I mean, it's almost, I hate to give you the mentality that you have to join the mob to, to do what you do, but 
it's almost to the point now where, dude, deer season is right around the corner. I mean, seriously, right around the corner. And everything that we're looking at through distributors and things like that all says arriving soon, arriving soon, arriving soon, arriving well, soon. So put in your order. You you got on a subject, and I've told you and Bill this the last couple of weeks. I wanted to talk about this. Everybody needs to, and I'm just going to say this the way I'm going to say it, and I'm probably going to make some people mad, and that's fine. But everybody needs to take a chill pill. You you walk in a store and you get in the people's faces behind the counter about stock and about getting stuff in and everything else. What you don't realize is is that we're at the like Braden's ex- explaining. We're at the mercy of these people just like you are. And I'm sorry that you live in the Amazon. I can go online, click a button, and it be here. Well, that's real easy for somebody like Amazon when they've got all of County Line Road with freaking warehouses that are full of product. We work at mom and pop stores just like us, just like, you know, uh, Patriot Arms. I mean, it, you, <laughs> I can, we could go down a laundry list of all the people that we know, and there's only so much stock we can afford to keep at a time. And you got to remember, we have to go through the same distributors There's that we're competing the, yeah. against with everybody else to get get product from. The, the The bad thing is, is that most of your uh, firearms manufacturers will not let you deal directly with them. Yes, because you don't buy enough. To, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not the State Department. I'm not the uh, well, but no, Department of you Defense. You know this. You so. know this too. Like we do it. It's the same thing in the hunting industry, all over. A lot of these companies now are not standalone single companies like what you're saying. A lot of them are part of a conglomerate where there's 20, 25 sometimes. I mean, we've even talked about this. There's some of these companies that there's 50 companies under one roof. Vista. Yeah, I mean, and Vista you've got, owns just about and, everything. And you've got, what, two reps maybe? One to two reps maybe that are trying to get you the product from 50 different companies. Yeah, and they have, you know, you got to remember it's it's kind of like what, um, do you remember the scene from uh, Saving Private Ryan where you had uh, <laughs> a gentleman complaining to the uh, to uh, the captain and he's like, uh, I don't answer to you. My, you know, you always, no, yeah. you, you complain, your complaints go up, up, yes. up. So when you complain to me, the complaint goes to uh, my manager or, or yeah. whoever, and then the store person goes to, your distributor, whose distributor goes to his, so it goes up the chain, yeah, and then uh, eventually it gets to the uh, ammo manufacturer who looks at you and says, "We're making it as fast as we can." Yeah, and so it has to fall back down the chain where we eventually get back to you and go, "They're making it as fast as, as they, they can." can. <laughs> so uh, it's di- there's small manufacturing, small ammunition companies, and stuff like that that manufacture. That will direct will deal with you direct, <clears throat> but it's usually specialty type ammunition that costs a lot of money in the first place. Well, and I'll say it's this not, too: it's not CCI twenty twos or yeah. Hornady or any of that other stuff. And I'll say this too: and everybody thinks we're beating a dead horse with this. Uh, all the regulations and everything else that these companies have to deal with, folks. Uh, this is what happens at the ballot box. Just to FYI, so that's why you have. These companies, you know, that they can only produce it so fast because they've got so many hoops that they have to jump through 
to get everything done to meet everybody's standards. I mean, <laughs> that's the other thing that you got working against you. So, bottom line is, if you see it, buy it. Yeah. If you can borrow twenty bucks from the wife or girlfriend or, or your best bud standing there, I mean, uh, it's just—it's not I, lettuce. It's—it's it's one of those things <laughs> where it's better to get it now and buy at least a box of it so that you have it for hunting season, instead of hunting season starting up and now you're scrambling around trying to find it from anybody because that's where you end up easily spending the most money, is because you're a week out or you arrived there and you didn't bring your ammo and. Well, and you're working on gun broker, and it's going to cost you $55, $70. Well, so. and that's the thing that drives me crazy. And like me and Sean were talking about this with the shop. That's why I made the comment that I made for him. We get it all the time with archery. People people wait till, and it's a human. It's human. I mean, we all do it. We all procrastinate. But we get people that come in there. And Not when it comes to ammo, mister. Well, but we get people that come in there with their bows and stuff. And, yeah, it's. A week out from season, well, they need new strings. They need this. They need that. And we look at them and tell them, well, you're right in the middle of hunting season, and right now for us to get a set of strings made is two to three weeks. <laughs> I mean, and that's, like you said, it's the same thing. That's crazy. It's the same thing with the ammunition people. They've got material that they've got to keep in stock. They're out of it. We can't control that. You know, they've got – a laundry list of orders ahead of yours. You have and to think. You have to think about everything that goes into making a, a a bullet. Seriously, I mean, how much of that bullet is made in a manufacturing facility that is components? An, that's an yeah. assembly line made from components. Yeah, I think the only one I can think of is a twenty-two. Uh, they're pretty much stamped out of one piece of uh, brass. They're sprayed with a liquid primer. They dry. They put powder in it. They stick a bullet in it and send it down the line. It's pretty easy. But now somebody's got to mine that copper. Somebody has to mine that brass. Somebody has to get that sheet uh, made into a sheet of brass, all that stuff. Anything that requires an assembly line with the effect of COVID has taken not only members off the assembly line or maybe even shut down one completely. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. It's the reason why we had a a chicken wing shortage and a pork shortage and beef shortage and everything else because – of the assembly line process. Not the farmer, not the guy growing them, but, uh, you know, the trucker, he's an individual, but he goes and takes it to the processing plant, and it's not processing. Yeah. So what do you do with uh, then the 80 farmer, million tons you know, of chicken? Yeah. You either dump it or you send it over to well, China. I, and like you say with the bullets, you take 308. I mean, let's say, let's just go ahead and say it. That's probably one of the, if not one of the most popular rounds out there. Well, it's 30 caliber. That, everybody, that everybody's going to shoot. And it's just like what you're saying. You've got everything in that bullet. But like I just said, the pri- like take the primer cap for one instance. You don't have primer caps. Uh, we don't have ammunition. <laughs> Large I mean, rifle, magnum primers. I mean, there's all different kinds. Yeah. Takes, there's all different ones. But you unplug one thing and it just. On everything else. Dove season, gun, teal, all starts up this month. Um, Just be ready. Buy your ammo, get ready, because this is the month that gets it all started. October, November, December, it's going to get even crazier. So if you can find it now, get it now. When we come back, guess what Tree Hugger says? Guess what's killing our atmosphere now? Oh, boy. Slick. I'm, I'm killing the atmosphere? That seems about right. What were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing last weekend? 
I was flying. You were killing the atmosphere, bro. Yeah, it seems about right. Yeah. You and your batteries. No, it has nothing to do with you. We'll, go, we'll give you the info when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Great deals going on this weekend. It's the big blowout Labor Day weekend. Go out and see the boys. Go see Brooksy. He's going to get out there and make you the best deal today. Go do it. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle. Slick and Shriner yep. hanging over there on the other side of the glass. Hey, uh, can you? You're, you're pretty fast on the computer. See if any of this is available. We we're speaking about ammunition, and you're also since you're an army guy. Have you guys? Uh, have you guys been playing with the new composite um, no. rounds yet? Have you been shooting the? Uh, no, that's that's more like the active duty guys. We're in the National Guard, so every time the active duty gets something, then we get their hand-me-downs. That's usually how it rolls. So you're going to get nothing but brass ammo for the longest time yeah, until they... Yeah. It's not bad. Wait like a minute. I... They're going to be switching to the 6.8. Are you guys going to at least switch out to the 6.8? They you already have s- that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so those those actually got down pretty quickly, but no. I, I, I don't see that. I usually get the M4 and my personal favorite, the 240 Bravo 762 belt-fed crew served machine gun. It comes in that ammo as well, my friend. I like friend. this guy. So uh, look up True Velocity. It's out of Garland, yes. uh, Garland, Texas. Um, they're the ones that are now offering that uh, composite-cased ammunition that they say is extremely Okay, I was waiting for you to bring this up because I want to hear what your take is on it. Dude, they've been trying to do this for so many years. I mean, at first they were uh, even thinking about trying to make it a square-cased ammo so that uh, it would stack easier in a magazine and the uh, enemy could not use your ammunition against you uh, because they don't have the weapons uh, to, to fire, fire a square-cased ammunition. See, I would just be down for stacking in the magazine or, uh, easier. I hate loading magazines. It's miserable. Yeah. Like it, Even with the speed loader, it's a pain. But if I had something that would just like kind of fall into place, I think it would be awesome. Well, this one here, this is they've been working on it literally for probably I don't know as long as they've been shooting rifles. Somebody's tried to always come up with a bigger, better mousetrap. But um, it says that uh, True Velocity just recently delivered six hundred and twenty-five thousand rounds to the Army for their testing with the NGSW program, and uh, they are going to be making it for uh, the general public as well. They're making 50 BMG, 338 uh, Norma Mag, 762 NATO, which is 308 basically. Uh, you got 308, uh, the Shorty Winchester, and then you also have the 6.8, the new one, the Creedmoor, and uh, 556 that they're going to be making for that. So uh, they're saying that it's a 168 Grays uh, Nosler custom competition hollow point boat tail. A box of it sells for. Sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Seventy bucks for twenty rounds or so. So But now answer me this. What I was told or what I've read about this stuff, as long as you keep the casing, you can reload it like dozens and dozens and dozens of times. That I don't know about on this one because uh usually with military ammunition they really don't, they don't go around and uh 
you know, police well, up I understand all their that, but what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, is that's that was their what sticking. installation were you on that you didn't have to police up your brass? I'm I, talking I, about I, if you're in combat, you're out there oh, hurling yeah, ammo, yeah. and you're not going to go like, okay, time out. We have to police up our brass. We don't want to leave it There's out here. There's a first okay? sergeant out there right now that's just uh, he's just cringing <laughs> at the thought of not picking up all that brass left in Afghanistan right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and all the bell fed. You know how many links of chain we had links out there. We, but anyway, this new ammo is 30 percent lighter than brass. And they say it transfers much less heat to the chamber of the rifle due to the insulating properties of the polymer case, which would actually really help with gas-operated M4s, not piston-driven ones. You know, that's one of the benefits of the piston-driven one is it helps to uh, keep your, your chamber a lot cooler. And so if you're shooting this stuff, it helps a lot better. And now it does say that you put up here that it's 100% recyclable. So that does mean you can reuse that casing. Well, I don't know if that means by punching out the primer and redoing it and reloading it, or does that, that was mean well. But that's what I'm saying is when I saw this stuff the first time, I did some looking at it, and that was one of the biggest things that they were all touting about it was is because of the new casing and everything else that you know, like they say about the brass casing, you can only reload it so many times. Oh wait, here we go. I found it. They are non-reloadable, but 100% recyclable and can be picked up by a magnet because there is actually steel in the base. So you could just go around there with your Barracuda magnet. And so wait a minute. You can't reload them. No. no, but you can send them to somewhere to have them recycled if you so desire. Maybe we just need to reach out to them, see if they'll come in and tell us about it. Well, send us a few hundred... Boxes and we'll uh, go test it out for them. Let them know what true. So wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You expect me to pay seventy dollars for a box of shells for twenty rounds that I can't reload? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, let's be honest. I'm out. I I know you are, but let's say about. Let's just take. Let's be a stupid number and just say seventy percent of the people who buy ammunition, for the most part. Don't police up their brass. They don't at the range. They don't do that. As a matter of fact, remember, some ranges wouldn't let you shoot steel because they'd get all miffy and pissy about it because they can't frag up your brass and then go put it in there and go make money off of you because it's like, ah, yeah, that's useless to us as well. Burdane primed, all that stuff, you know, it's it's a throwaway case. Yep. What? They sell aluminum case stuff all the time. It's like uh, Nutty Buddy, man. They, they shoot it, you go have fun, and mm-hmm. you, you walk away. Yeah, and uh, now with California and their plastic, you know, range rounds and things like that, that are more than seventy dollars a box, uh, just so that you don't put any lead or anything dangerous in the air. Um, this, I think, this is a pretty good idea, if uh, especially for military applications, which I'm pretty sure ninety percent that's where they're going with this. They say they offer it to the general public uh, in the three hundred eight. It's available on the, uh, available on the civilian market, and uh, they're going to try to well, get the five, five, six. I need to look at some of the places that I was looking at because, like I said, one of the things that they were somebody was touting on about it online was you could reload it and not this one. All that I'm like, uh, okay. I don't know if I'd want to. That's a lot of pressure on that thing. So, you know, brass is one thing. Plastic, eh, it's a one and doneer kind of deal. It's like a water bottle, man. You know, you fill it up, it just gets worse and worse. It gets all germy. Hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But now, 
like with anything else, the more they sell, the cheaper it'll get. So, you know, this is a new thing. It's really? just get out there. And uh, to me, I mean, that sounds like a lot, but for do the you, military, that's not really a lot. Do you really think with ammunition that the more they sell, the cheaper it's going to get? Hopefully, yes. Yeah, it used to be that. That's way. the supply and demand. That's economics. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at it this way. They just delivered, like I said, 625,000 rounds to uh, the Army. Dude, that's, 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 it sounds like a lot to you and me, no. but to the military, that's, that's, that's not a lot. in the bucket. That's literally uh, a test round. You know, it's enough to go a couple test bases. Around. Yeah, for a couple of guys at the NGSW program. So uh, that's about it. But anyway, if you want to go check it out, get more about it, you can take a look at it. It's um, called Velocity Velocity Ammunition. It's an ultralight one. It's a Texas-based company uh, out of Garland, Texas. And like I said, it's uh, around $69.99 for a box. These are my special rounds. <laughs> I'm saving these for somebody special. Hey, man, they're using a Nosler uh, bullet on there, man. That's not cheap either. So it's a competition bullet. So it's all good. We're shooting, we're shooting, we're shooting quality rounds at our enemies these days. Hey, just know, buddy, these are nozzlers I'm sending at your way. This ain't some crappy little uh, wolf ammunition. If you don't die, I want that round I back. I want it back. Reload that. Use it on somebody a little better than you. All right, we're gonna take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be right back. I know a little. Maybe I guess the rest. What? It's the truth. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Brain Junction, Sweet and Shriner. On the phone this morning, calling in a man who knows about plastic ammunition, Mr. Bill Burkett, with Porkganic Barbecue and others. What are you doing? I thought you were out of town. Billy. Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, 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 Billy. Wait, wait, okay, you're there. Go ahead. Can, you, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. He's back at the okay, gate. Yeah, it was the, it was the Chinese uh, jamming my phone again. <laughs> um, now I had it, I had it on speaker because the boys wanted to uh, to talk to you as well. But oh, good. Uh, yeah, they were uh, they they were having a fit over there. The oldest one was having a fit hearing you talk about ammunition and stuff. And what we've uh, well, our because our guns, uh, we run our ammo off of uh, recycled straws and the uh, tears from. Liberals and conservatives. Oh, there you go. That's uh, you, you got plenty of reloading material. Yeah, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, a few years ago, uh, when I was still active duty, I remember we uh, we got issued a whole bunch of new equipment and stuff. And uh, one of the things that was in one of our kits was a uh, Leatherman with a uh, pair of needle nose pliers. And uh, the running joke was that we we're going to have to start extracting the bullets out. This is one of the you know we were having an ammo shortage, and uh, we thought we were going to have to start extracting. Uh, 
rounds out of Taliban and Al-Qaeda dudes. Oh, you got to get those back so you can recycle them and nice. uh, reuse yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to re- reuse them. You know, you're on a shoestring budget fighting wars now. Well, yeah, it, never mind. It, they gave you the needle nose in case you got a really nasty splinter like Jonathan did. You know, you got to, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, tweezers are not easy to pack. That way you can get a hold of it and pull it out of there. It's all good. Yeah. I, I was I was talking to uh, a few other guys in the ammo industry a few days ago, and, and what they – and I, I came into the show about 8.15 when you guys were in the middle of the conversation. But, yeah, the, what these guys were talking about was the fact that ammo for hunting is potentially going to be a, a shortage this year because of all the personal protection ammo that have, they've – all these companies have had to catch up on, the 9mm, 5.56223, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. So. That is true, yeah. and that's where they were concentrating, and now you have people that walk in and go, oh, you guys have got ammo. Oh, it, it seems to be flowing again. That's great. And I go, well, you know, we never really were out of 9 millimeter. We never really had a shortage of 5.56. Five, I mean, there were some areas where uh, for a few days it might have been off the shelf, but then it came back pretty readily available where uh, we pulled in ammunition out of Australia and other places like that that had surplus. So, you know, it was still in the – it was still in the pipeline. People could get it. And I think that American manufacturers were the ones that were trying to keep up, not just with the civilians, but you remember they still had obligation contractually with uh, the Army, all the, the Department of Defense and law enforcement. They got first yeah, dibs on yeah, everything. Yeah, you so. know that other guy that was in office before this guy we've got now who was actually trying to give these American companies business and help them make money and, you know. At the same time you and I were scrambling yeah. to find jobs. That, I mean, the same time you and I were scrambling to find nine millimeter, they were, uh, you know, they were making two million rounds for uh, the DOD, and they were making another four point seven million of five five six for uh, law enforcement and all that other stuff. And and their money is is greener than yours because they pay mostly that stuff up front for the most part. So, you know, they're trying to keep those contracts to keep the everything greased up and running. So we're kind of like second fiddle on yeah. a lot of that stuff. And the and the and the five five six is uh, has has been a big problem because of not only the preponderance of the military has uh, you know M four five five six which by the way it looks like the military is going to switch over to a six eight yeah it is uh, or at least yeah yeah and uh, but you know in the five five six realm not only do you have all the individual shooters that shoot a five five six platform but also you have the uh, the M two four nine the the squad automatic weapon which is an automatic five five six so you know, I, I used to be a saw, we call it the saw, but I used to be a saw gunner. And, I mean, you hit six to 800 rounds a minute. That's a that's a few five five six that you're going through in a, uh, a live fire range or at the uh, out at a uh, fall range or something. So, yeah, it's uh, it's hard come, easy go. Yeah, well, that one's going to be going to 682. That one there, they're going to switch yeah. that over as well eventually. And, uh, you know, talking to Slick, you know, he's uh, – He's in the National Guard now and uh, still doing his uh, weekend thing. And then, uh, you know, he gets a hand-me-down. So I said, you guys are going to have just buttloads of 5.56 here pretty soon. Because, you know, if they're going to replace it with the new round, uh, hopefully that'll flood the market and it'll be back down to, you know, uh, you know $5, $6 a box. Yeah. <laughs> At least I hope yep. so. Yeah. It, uh, I, was, I was happy to see that the, uh, the 6.8 kind of made its way because the 5.56 just for – for everything good that it's done, it, it just does not have the stopping power that an AK-47 does. No, it's a thirty caliber bullet. It's a totally different yeah. horse. 
And, you know, a lot of people don't realize um, that um, I know that some people will call it a wounding round because they learned a lot of things uh, back in the day from the from the Germans that, you know, you remove more people off a battlefield by wounding them than you do by killing them and uh, those kinds of things. And uh, they learned, uh, you know, when you shoot a little Japanese guy on an island with a 30 odd six in the arm, they die in about five minutes from shock. Uh, yeah. Whereas if you poke a 22 caliber hole through them with a with a, a 223 or a 556, then uh, you know it it takes two other people dragging him off there. So now you've removed two or three people off the battlefield. So yeah, um, my, my kids would learn so much right now if I was on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I understand, and you know, God help us, and yeah. you know it. It was cheap. It was in effect. It was. Uh, it was what it was. And a lot of people don't know that the United States back in the day, after their fight with um, with uh, the big uh, burly Germans and the Italians and everybody else, they kind of looked at Southeast Asia as the next place to stop communism. And they were like, we don't need to shoot these tiny people with thirty out sixes. So let's develop a new battle rifle. We don't. Yeah. We don't need to do that. Uh, so. That's they didn't have the Bill George mentality with the 300 wind mags. Only one level of dead, yeah. yeah. Well, dead is good when it comes to deer. But, uh, you know, they have a graves detail for a reason. You know, they go back and, uh, you know, certain guys in a big battle, they go to clean up afterwards. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Jonathan, your guts are hanging out and you know, half your head's gone. Uh, buddy, I, I'm not going to drag your big ass over here underneath the shade tree. I'll, you know, I'll be back later kind of deal. We're yeah, moving you, that way. You never... You never know what you subscribe to when you uh, sign up for the uh, for any army, you know, yeah. around the world. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, but I always I always told people that um, experiences may vary. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that that for, is for that. Uh, yeah, you can't get any more than that. But let me let me now let me ask you this because I know you're doing yeah. your part, and uh, I got to ask you this. There was a story that came out this past week that uh, tree hugger. Yes, the magazine and the website Tree Hooker has come out with a new story who uh, have put it out there as an alert, letting everybody know that wild pigs release as much CO2 as more than one million automobiles. Really? Yeah. They say they're like tractors plowing through fields, and uh, feral pigs have the same climate impact as 1.1 million cars, according to their recent research. Well, and that is that that is in line with the narrative that they say for cows as well. And so I don't know if they're trying to stay consistent with their narrative of being able to say, "Hey, all hoofed or you know uh, large animals are creating this this huge CO2 vacuum that is uh, destroying the environment." I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you like I've told my vegan friends, I'm eating the cows and the pigs as, as fast as I can. Yeah, man, I'm trying to help. Yeah, they don't they're, they're creating the problem and they're killing the environment, but don't say anything about killing them, right, Bill? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, well yeah. they're saying that the wild pigs are releasing 4.9 million metric tons of carbon dioxide each year around the world yeah. just by the uprooting of soil. Not necessarily the methane yeah. that's being released, but just by turning over the amount of soil that they well, do. Well, this genius year. sounds like he's releasing a different kind of gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're saying well, the, that, I, the, I will. I will say that I. I will say that uh, out in our neighborhood, out in, in Lithia, um, 
you see the pigs. There's there's a there's a couple of herds of pigs up there, and uh, or as my neighbor calls them, flocks of pigs. Uh, and they're from Polk County, so I don't really understand where they got flocks of pigs from. But mm-hmm. uh, they really uproot a lot of the areas around there. Obviously, rooting around for for food and stuff like that. But they just they come through, and it, it's impressive. I mean, you'll come out one morning, and there'll be an acre. Um, oh, yes. Maybe three quarters of an acre just uprooted. And this is only probably, this can't be a, more than a half or a, more than a dozen pigs. Yeah, it doesn't take them very long. I always say it always looks like somebody went out there and did grenade practice overnight because there's yeah. just big holes everywhere. But uh, I, I find it funny that uh, this this website, of course, Tree Hugger, is saying that uh, the wild pig, with its destructive things that it does, releasing so much CO2 that uh, they need to find better ways to eliminate them because they're not native, you know, because they're wild yeah. pigs. And so um, to get out there and try to eliminate them as much as possible. And as Jonathan pointed out, if you're going to do that with with wild pigs, where does that stop? Because if you're yeah. going to do it with wild hogs, then why aren't we killing all the wild horses uh, that are running around out in out in the western states that are well over their regulated population, and then you have feral cats, you have armadillos, you have uh, tegus, you have all these other native species, non-native species. That if you go and you kill fluffy or a beautiful equine, then that's not the same. Uh, you can't do that to them. It's it's kind of like what we used to get when we'd come to the radio station. They'd go, oh, you guys are going to go out to kill Bambi? And we're like, no, we're going out to kill Pumbaa. Uh, you know, we're, yeah. and they're like, well, then I don't care about that. If you're killing pigs, I don't care. Why? Because it's a hog? Well, yeah, because yep. they're not as cute. <laughs> so exactly. It's like if, if you're going to if you're gonna try to wipe out the pig population, then you got to do something about the horses, too. Well, I think that if uh, if you want to reduce the pig population around here, you have to incentivize hunters a lot more. Uh, I, I remember that one way that they did that at Fort Benning, because uh, we, we had huge problems with pigs, uh, especially like on the land navigation lanes. And, I mean, you'd have guys that would, you know, students that would roll their ankles in the middle of the night walking through the woods because, you know, they'd step in a, a rooted hole. But um, what, the, what Fort Benning started doing, and I don't know if this was DOD funded or if this was a – local Fort Benning or, or something through the, the Georgia out, Outdoor or uh, Georgia Wildlife Commission or anything. But I think it was $25 per pig mm-hmm. that you kill that Fort Benning gave you the money for. And I remember hearing about this. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you what, uh, there were some folks that I didn't think that were going to come out and go hunting. They went hunting. Now, there was also a few folks that thought they were going to be smart, and they ended up ruining cars because they started running over them in the road. And, uh, you know, it's not like running over a cat. <laughs> it's like running over a 50-gallon 50 bar- 50 oil drum. It's, uh, yeah. unless, unless, you no. got a, unless you got a pretty good lift on that truck, it's going to be a bad day. Well, hey, Bill, welcome yeah. back. We got to take Thanks. a break. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. All right. All right. You guys be good. Have fun with them boys today, man. Be careful, yes, brother. Yeah, man. We'll see you soon, okay? Yeah. Will do. All right. See you. See you. Bye. Bill Burkett, of course, with uh, Pork Gannick Barbecue, does some great things for uh, his uh, fellow soldiers. Uh, raises a lot of money for them guys, wounded warriors, all that other kind of stuff like that. The guy's a he's a, he's a he's a jewel. He really is. We're gonna take a fast break, you guys. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be right back. Right, it's like oh, we got the head nod.
Sing it, Slick. Sing it. Been a long time since I Go ahead, ready? Ready and action. Yeah, no. Ready, go. No. Go ahead, you got it. I'm not a Led Zeppelin fan. You got the pipes. What? Led Zeppelin what? overrated <laughs> band. Over who? Oh, here we go. What did you say? Exactly. Yeah, I said oh, what I here said, we go. and I stand behind it. I didn't hear. What did you say? You're a Billy Ray fan? No. Oh, no, here we close. go. What did you say? ACDC, all right? Oh, Motley like Crue, Def like, Leppard. Like, Those are real rock bands. Led Zeppelin. Oh, my gosh. Led Zeppelin, just a little bit overrated. I, they're not a bad band, but they're a little overrated. Why do I feel like I'm watching a scene out of Joe Dirt. Okay, let me go down through my list here. Van Halen, not Van Hagar. <laughs> What's what? there? I like, like Van Hagar. Yeah, no, I like Van Hagar too. Like, there's just kidding. you're getting a little bordery on that hairband thing, like Vince, and it starts to worry me. Because next you're gonna be like, uh, it's funny because I don't have any hair. Because you're gonna be like, uh, you know, uh, she's my cherry pie is the greatest song ever written. Ew, ew. That's like the like, that's <laughs> no. <laughs> See, and I'm not even like the ACDC fan. That's like, you know, it's back in black or shoot to thrill. No, I'm talking like all the stuff off Fly of the Wall, like. Long way to the top. Uh, Long way to the top. Thunderstruck is still one of my po- absolute favorites. There's several of those that's yeah. on my workout. Yeah, deal. we've got those on there. Uh, I was using the uh, pig story by uh, Tree Hugger. By the way, if you didn't hear that, uh, apparently uh, uh, wild pigs, feral hogs that are out there, are causing as much damage to our environment as 1.1 million automobiles, releasing the same amount of CO2. So. Uh, you know, we have to do something about the pigs, and the best way to do something about them is to eliminate them. So um, I, I brought this up when we were talking with uh, Bill Burkett with uh, Porganic that a story also came out this past week that, now this one, you're not going to get much traction over the we got to kill all the, the wild pigs story. You know, <laughs> if, if every news agency came out tomorrow and said, Wild hogs are producing as many uh, as much CO2 as 1.1 million automobiles. Uh, everybody be like, well, then kill them. Call uh, pig man. Yeah. Get the helicopter hunters yeah. in here. Let's go. Where's Brian Quaka? Get him in a helicopter. Let's go. Let's start killing these things. Get Ted Nugent his own personal stuff and let him shoot them all over the place. Well, now, here's the funny thing, because when that same vernacular and... Language is used to control the horse population out west that is causing massive damage out there on BLM land and everywhere else like that. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no. No, no. Can't do that. Can't be out there doing that kind of stuff. No. Believe it or not, wild horses out in areas all the way from Oregon across the central part of the United States where they get to roam free on BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management, in case you didn't know. Also in other areas around the world where all these other, the two biggest impacts that are happening right now in the world are by once domesticated animals that are now running free. Which animals do you think that would be, Slick? Uh, it's not fair because I heard about it over the break. Oh, uh, so well, you know, you didn't hear about the other one. You only heard about one. All right, so I know the horses. Uh, is it the donkeys too? No, donkeys they took care of back in the fifties uh, and sixties. They uh, killed a lot of them, and uh, no one seemed to care then. But now it's a little different. What What is your guess there, Jonathan? What would be your two? Uh, the goats. No, the goats. Uh, goats can be taken out, and they can be you know 
eaten, and I'm sure that uh, people can handle that problem. If these are two animals that are not necessarily considered to be food products, so you can't really do that to to them, depending on where you live. Hmm. So horses is one. Yes, caballos, yes. Uh, Numero dos is... You guys are looking at me like blank kids in a, in a preschool. Well, you kind of got me because, like you said in the past, the only ones I know that they've released to help with the underbrush and everything else. No, are no, no, cows. It has nothing to do with that. Or cows, I'm, just, I'm, goats. Tar- I'm tired of it. Is it something on Ted Nugent's wall? <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm going to. I'm pretty sure that Uncle Ted has probably put an arrow through a couple of them, and probably let them run wherever it is they need to go. It's the Gatos. Oh, the kitty kids. Kitty cats. So we're turning into Australia. Basically, yes. I mean, Australia Don't, is... Hey, it, it, you know Toby, what Toby Benoit would tell you, point blank. In you've heard him say it. In Australia, they did what you were where you were suggesting. It's like because they've actually given incentives out there, and they've actually let you... Uh, if you if you got a cat, they're all... If it's outside of a house, it's considered feral, and it is fair game. So, because they're destroying so much of their wildlife down there. But, um, yeah, they're saying that... Uh, and also, there's another state where it's happening. The only state that really encourages you to take care of feral kitty cats, Hawaii. Hawaii. You're talking about an island where all of its uh, native species grew up with no predators. They never were there. No. They they also they have a lot of invasive species there. Oh my gosh, they got rats, cat. Well, they brought had rats, and they brought cats to take care of the rats. And then it's like that they old got a deer, like a weird type of deer down there too. That's got like really invasive. It's not like a natural deer. It's probably an axis deer they brought in there that uh, for hunting and stuff. And they got hogs everywhere too that are taking over. They, they brought have, in the wild hogs. They have cow hunts down there. Th- yeah, they do wild th- cow hunts. They do that as well. They used to do them here in Florida as well. But um, so what they're saying is that it's not effective to go out and just do what everybody's been saying, where it's the capture, sterilize, and release. Because when you do that, as we pointed out on this show years ago, it doesn't keep them from killing stuff. Just because they're not well, out there making Well, it's like babies. the people, it's the, the running joke with everybody that it's like when they take pigs, they catch pigs, and they cut them. Okay, well, guess what? He's not breeding and reproducing, but... He's still eating. He's still rooting. He's still <laughs> doing all the other things. You that- know, you know, it's bad when uh, countries like Australia said uh, this year we want to get rid of two million cats. Literally, that's their goal is to get to two million. I mean, seriously, it's it's kind of like the pan uh, the uh, Python challenge. Let's try to get to at least a number. Australia saying we want to get uh, two million feral cats out, and we'd like to do it in less than five years. Seriously. Well, but it's just like the Python challenge because, like Slick said, you've got an invasive species that's come in and it's wiping out (laughs) everything else. Well, we'll get on to the equines when we come back from break because that one's just as bad. So we'll talk about that, too, when we get back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Got some great deals going on today. Labor Day sale going on all the way through the weekend until Monday. Go get your best deal. Got lots of used cars out there, too. If you want something you can beat around on and get out, do your commuting with or something, it's all good. We're going to take a fast one. We'll be right back. 